Last week, we talked about soul power, right? We talked about the power of denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following Christ. We talked about, uh, there's so much, I don't want to get into all of it, but this week, we're going to talk about resurrection power. Is there a greater power than resurrection power? Can you raise someone from the dead? Ooh, trick question. Everybody's like, no, I can't do that. You're right, you can't. But God in you can. You're like, ooh, that's, I don't know, that's on the edge. Well, Jesus did it. Oh, Jesus is God. Okay. Others did it. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Were they God? How did they do it? The power of God, the Holy Spirit, right? So, hey, I'm not trying to get weird or crazy on you, but I'm telling you, we are American, and we believe American things. We believe God has to stay in his box, and it's the box we've created. So, I'm going to talk about resurrection power today, but I'm not going to talk about nice American-style resurrection power, okay? I'm going to talk about the real power, which is somebody raised from the dead in victory over sin and death. Not just then, but ongoing, with the power to do it again and again and again and again, right? My friend Christy Lowcamp's here today. She has cancer, terminal cancer, Right? She used to go to our church. She moved down to Arizona. It's much warmer down there. We like you. We want to come visit you. Here's the thing. I call her every about few months, whenever God puts her out of my heart, and I say, Christy, how are you doing? Because Christy has terminal cancer. Ooh. Given 12 to 14 months to live. Two and a half years in. That's a miracle. All right? But today, we weren't like, oh, it's a miracle, skippy de doo da We were like, hey, you're here. I've been praying for you, right? Here's our prayer team. Let's, let's pray for you for healing right now. Now, do you believe she's healed or not? Did you feel that conflict in your brain right there? All right, that's the power struggle I'm talking about. Because you don't believe that's possible. And so then it's not possible. That's it. That's it. That's the message. Because you don't believe it's possible, then it's not possible. But with God, all things are possible. Do you believe your neighbor can accept Christ? All things are possible with Christ. Did we read the same passages this week? Were you astounded by Mark 15, the crucifixion of Christ? Why would God die for you and me? Turn to Mark. We read Mark 15, 16. We also read uh, James 1 through 5. Um, for you guys that are visiting with us, thanks for coming. Um, there's a journal in the back. It'll tell you our reading plan. We're on week, what is it? Three. Okay. So we're going to be starting Galatians this week, tomorrow. Great day for you to come. We're going to start Galatians tomorrow. We're going to read through Galatians. Then 1 Thessalonians is on next Sunday. 1 Thessalonians 1. All right. 
If you need that explained, come ask me or anybody here. They can give you one of these journals that's on the back, and you can get started, right? We read one chapter a day, and we listen to the Lord. That's all we're doing. God, what do you have for me? And we're writing it down, and we're coming, and we're sharing it in the service. So I have to start getting going, <laughs> because we're going we're gonna to share in the service what God's done in power this week. All right. I'm at Mark chapter 16. Are you there? All right. I want to read it for you. This is resurrection power. I have so many notes, so many things I want to say, but at the end of the day, the Bible speaks for itself. So there's not a lot of crafty things that I can write down. I'm just going to try to read it and then go, don't let your American mind, your lack of power, shut it down. All right? Because here's, what, here's the thing. We all believe this. I don't know why we believe this. We believe that when Jesus went to heaven, all of a sudden power left the earth. We're forgetting that he sent the Holy Spirit and that he said, there will be more things done without me than with me. Right? We're forgetting that. Now it's not Jesus walking around Capernaum, Bethesda, like, it's not Jesus around Galilee or in, in Jerusalem. It's the Holy Spirit in every one of us, any one of us that will receive him, all the time. That's more powerful. God in you, the hope of glory. That's why we say Christ in me. Do you believe that? That Jesus Christ is in you? Then if you believe that he's in you, then that power is in you. And then you can do things that Jesus did. All right. All right, I'm going to stop trying to convince you. I'm just going to read it from Scripture. I'm in Mark chapter 16. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of G James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on, the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb because that's where Jesus was, right? And when, and they were um, saying to one another, what does it say? Come on, somebody read it for me. I just want to make sure you guys are following along. Who will roll away the stone? Does that seem like a big problem? There's this huge stone. Matter of fact, it's been sealed by Roman guards, so nobody can break it. So it's going to be a fence like, they're gonna, they could go to jail for, for breaking the seal. All right? But they're willing to do it. But they're like, how are we going to move that thing? Power number one. Keep reading. And looking up, it was like immediately when they said it, they look up and they saw that the stone had been rolled back. And it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. What alarmed them about this young man? Do you ever think about what the Bible says? What alarmed them about this young man? It's not Jesus. That's alarming. I mean, he's white. He's dazzling. He's white. Like... Who here, I mean, 
we can wash clothes, we can get things white, but I mean, this is like hurt your eyes white, kind of, you know, if you get the picture. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. What? I'm calling 911. There's a lot going on. There's a stone removed. Jesus, who's supposed to be here, isn't here, and you're here, and I'm, I'm freaking out. All right. He says, don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus and others. Now I'm really freaked out. How did you know I was looking for Jesus? We've never met before. Right? I mean, just read the Bible. You're like, what? He's reading their mail. Who was crucified? He has risen. He's alive from the dead. Small feet. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. The fact is, he said he was going to rise from the dead. Three times. He talked about dying. More than that. They wondered what it meant. Several times. So when it all happened, why were they surprised? Honestly, I think it's part of the power struggle. Unbelief doesn't just come from you. It comes from evil spirits who are trying to twist you up to think other things than what God created you to think. I'm just being honest. If you'll admit it, spirits are a real thing. All right, here's verse 8. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. I'm going to lower this just a little bit because I think it's hot, but just don't turn it up. Okay, thanks. They went out and fled from the tomb, and trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. What did the angel tell them to do? What did he tell them to do? Go tell the disciples and Peter, emphasis. What did they do? They said nothing. There's a power struggle going on. Now, when he rose... Early on the first day of the week, he, happened, uh, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. So she did actually tell him, but you got to go to the other Gospels to see where he says, Hey, Mary, it's me. She has that experience. She clings to his feet and says, Hey, don't touch me. Like, I've got to go to the Father first. There's so much there. Then he appears to all the ladies. There's a lot of appearing going on. Why? Because he wants them to know he's alive. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, what does it say? They would not believe it. Keep going. It just it continues. After these things, he appeared in another form to two of them on the road to Emmaus. We know that from Luke chapter 24. As they were walking in the country... And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. 
Afterwards, he appeared to the eleven of them, so Thomas must be there, and they were reclining at table and he rebuked them. He's like, hey guys, stop it. Stop it. For their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. I'm going to stop right there. He says more. Let me stop right there. Here's the thing. I'm going to talk about power today, and the power I'm going to talk about is resurrection power. I want to focus on resurrection power. I am desperate for more of God's power in my life. Are you desperate for that? Eh, Kind of. I came to church. Right? I'm desperate for it. Like, I've had some experience with God in this last year that make me hungry for more of that, for more of God. I am desperate for God. I want Him more than I've ever wanted Him before. I want that for everyone. That makes me a little crazy. A little John the Baptist-ish. But it's okay because I will be, I was reading a book, I will be undignified for the Lord. Right? It's like, what? Huh? Yeah. David said, let's bring the ark up to where we're at. Power, symbol of power, right? And he's bringing it up, and he's dancing before the Lord, and he's praising the Lord, and Michael, his wife, is like, you fool. Sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes I feel like this world is looking at me going, you fool. And I'm like, what? Why would we not dance? Why would we not bring the power? She would have been just as good if they left the ark where it was. Leave the power where it was. No, we want the power here. Now. Okay, with that in mind, here's the first thing. We have a problem. It's my problem. Everybody say my. Problem. It's my problem. You know what my problem is? Look at verse 8. Thank you for the interaction. Look at verse 8. What's the problem? And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. First problem. I am silent because of fear. If you experience God in an awesome way in the last several months or several years, when are you going to tell the church? When are you going to tell your fellow, fellow believers, right? I'll just, get, I'm just going to take one second to tell you a story. But let me, let me get the second one here. Verses 9 through 14, you see it, unbelief, unbelief, unbelief. I am stuck in sadness, right? Like I'm stuck in my own sad state of unbelief. That's my problem. All right, so I'm so scared to tell you this because I think you'll think I'm a quack. But on Tuesday afternoon, something astounding happened to me. I was at a pastor's conference, and it was the end of the pastor's conference, and the the guy that was speaking, his name's Dave, he's like, hey, you, didn't even know my name, I don't think. Well, I'd introduce myself, but but I don't think he remembered because he just said, hey, you in the green shirt. (laughs) I have a word for you. I was like, "Uh, me? He's like, yeah, and bring your wife up. And I was like, now I'm starting to sweat. Because my wife is a private person. She's probably like, why are you saying this right now? Right? So, like, my, you know, 
I'm starting to sweat. My wife is probably uncomfortable. At least I'm thinking she is. And we go up there, and he basically, he doesn't have a microphone, so he lays his hands on both of us. And he starts to speak into our life. I'll get it, and I'll, I'll play it for you. It's pretty astounding. I don't remember everything he said. And as he's speaking, my body's getting very heavy. I've felt this feeling before, and it's like, even when I've been kneeling in prayer, I've felt this feeling before. It's like, just, just get low. Lay down, right? Or you're going down. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt this before. I, a lot of people haven't, and that's okay. I've never felt it before uh, this past year. But I've been in the presence of God where I'm like, boom! Like, you've got to fall over. And I'm standing there, and I'm thinking about my wife, and I'm like, I need to stand up. I'm her provider and protector. She's in a very awkward situation. I don't want her to be alone. And I'm like, just holding God for dear life. And before I knew it, boom, I was on the floor. What is that? What is that? That's power. What kind of power is that? Did somebody touch me? He had his hand on me, I guess. But nobody hit me in the head. Nobody kicked me in the gut. And I couldn't stand. I was trying for dear life. And I'm laying there on the floor in a moment with the Lord. And somebody put their hand right on my heart and started to pray. And if you all know what I've been through, I need a new heart. I need a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. And I feel like on Tuesday afternoon, through prayer and power, the presence of God took my heart and took a hard heart and made it new. No. Is that crazy? That's crazy. But that's what happened. So I fear what you're going to think, what you're going to feel, so I don't want to tell you. Right? I was like, oh, I don't know if I should say anything. Same thing when I started speaking a prayer language. I didn't even tell my wife for like a long time. She was like, she's not going to understand. I don't know what this is. This is, un I don't know. It's weird. God doesn't have to fit in your little box. He's more powerful than that. All right. Resurrection power. If we're going to focus on it, you got to know your problem. Problem is, I struggle with fear. Right? I'm silent because I, I'm scared of what other people will think. And I'm stuck in my unbelief. I'm like, well, I don't know if I really believe it. I don't know if I, what was that? What happened exactly? I still don't know. But I feel edified. I feel like I have a new heart. I walked out of there with joy. That's it. All right, second thing. God's power, resurrection power. My perspective needs to change to be transformed by God's power. So I want you to look at just, I can't go all over the scriptures, but just, are you familiar with the disciples? Okay, look at their life before Resurrection Sunday. What happened? 
I mean, they're fighting, bickering, who's best, who's first. Even after Resurrection Sunday, in Acts 1, they're like, hey, when is the kingdom of Israel going to be restored? Yo, dude, we're talking about the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Israel. We're not talking about the kingdom of America. We're talking about the kingdom of God. Get your eyes up off of our little nation and get your eyes onto the God of the universe. That's what I'm trying to do for you today. Okay, so God's power, you're going to see it here. You're going to see four signs. So here it is in verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Verse 16. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. You're like, ooh, God's nasty. No, God's loving to tell you that. You have a choice. He gave it to you. He told you, if you believe, awesome. If you don't believe, condemned. It's okay. You choose. I love you so much, I'm not going to choose for you. That's awesome. But we, like, think God's bad because somebody's going to get condemned. Well, that's what sin does. It condemns every one of us. We're all broken. God put the pieces back together through Jesus Christ. I accept that. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. You ever done that? They will speak in new tongues. You ever done that? They will pick up serpents with their hands. I'm going to say I've never, I don't even, I'm never going to try to do that. And if they th- drink any deadly poison, I've probably done that, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, when he had spoken these things to them, after was taken up into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. Big gap between verse 19 and 20. Just want to point that out. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Okay, now listen. The reason there's a gap there is because you don't go without staying for the Holy Spirit. We've been over this in our church. You can go back and look, listen to the whole series called Stay, Waiting for the Promise. The promise is the Holy Spirit. The, um, Jesus told the disciples to go But he also said, before you go, stay in the city. If that's confusing to you, go read Luke 24 and Acts 1. It'll all make sense, okay? He said, go, I want you to go tell everybody, but before you go, I need you to stay because you can't go without power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. But until then, stay. I had to preach a whole series on this in our church from Easter until, I don't know, mid-July. You can go listen to it. It's online. Here's the point of today. There's four signs. I'm going to put the first sign up there. It's a yield sign. This is not one of the four signs. You're like, well, I said that there's four. This is the most important sign. The yield sign is most important. Why? Because you need to yield to the Holy Spirit. If you've never yielded to the Holy Spirit, if you're not going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then there's not going to be power. Because the power is not of your own strength. It's not yours. You don't tell the Holy Spirit what to do. Is that clear? You can ask God. We ask God to heal Christy today. You can ask him. But I'll tell you what. When the Holy Spirit wants to use you, if you're an empty vessel, 
If you're yielded to him, he will use you in a way that you cannot describe. All right, so I'm going to get into the four things. Uh, put the list back up there. Let me go through the four, and then I'm going to give you a sign for each one. It's not crafty or clever. It's just something I thought would give you a visual. Cast out demons, power to remove evil spirits. That's a go sign. Cast out. It's like, spirit, when you identify an evil spirit in your life, what do you tell them to do? Oh, hang around. Let's have lunch. Go in Jesus' name. And if you encounter someone else that's around you that has an evil spirit, what do you do? You tell them to go. And if you want to say in Jesus' name, that's great. But you have the authority of Jesus in you if you have the Holy Spirit. Are we clear? If you're saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the authority to tell that demon to go. All right, that's the first sign. It's pretty powerful. <laughs> Perfect love casts out fear. You're like, oh, I'm scared to cast out a demon. What if they come into me? Perfect love casts out fear. I fear nothing because I know how much God loves me. What do I have to fear? Death? Oh, death. Death cannot hurt me. It can't. I'm living an eternal life. All right. Second, speak in new tongues. I never knew what this meant. I speak in different languages. I'm horrible at languages. I believe he's talking. I mean, you could speak in other languages too, but I believe he's talking about a prayer language. I believe he's saying you're going to speak in other languages. Things that are... I, I, I couldn't, if I started speaking in a prayer language, you'd be like, that's a complete gibberish, you're a fool, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm telling you it's a real thing, all right? I can't, I can't do anything, I'm not going to model it for you because I don't want you to be offended, literally, it's that stupid, right? I don't want you to be offended, but why are we offended by the things of God? All right, so here's the sign, one way, we're pointing other people to God by speaking in other languages. We're pointing ourselves towards God. When I'm speaking in a prayer language, it's God's Spirit communicating to God. We're pointing one way. It's His way. That's it. All the time. There's nothing about me. When I pray with my mind, my heart can be wicked. I could pray for dumb stuff. I've prayed for plenty of dumb stuff. When I'm praying in the Spirit, it's one way. It's only one way. There's nothing dumb being said. All right. Next. Number three. Protection from evil. You're like, oh, that's what the snakes is. Yeah, serpents, demons, <laughs> poison. Did you read chapter three of James? Anybody read it? What did it say? Didn't it say deadly poison? It was like the same word. What did it talk about, deadly poison? The tongue... How many people have said something nasty about you? Deadly poison. Probably not from God, because if it was nasty, God doesn't do that. How many people have talked nasty things about you? Did you drink that poison? Did you believe that junk? I have. And that's not right. So we don't have to drink that. We can say stop, right? We don't have to be affected by this. We can say stop. We have protection in Jesus' name from evil spirits. 
including evil spirits that will twist up people and them start to slander and say stuff about you that isn't true. You can just say, stop. I'm not going to listen to that anymore. I'm done with that. Stop. All right? That clear? Good. All right, let's keep rolling. Number four, heal the sick. Power to restore broken people. I had God's people on there, and then I made it broken people because we're all broken, and we all need to be fixed. Christie's just has manifested itself in cancer. Maybe my brokenness hasn't manifested itself. We're all broken people. God didn't design us to live the way we live. God didn't design us to have the things we have. God designed us perfect in a garden called Eden. And sin has wreaked havoc on it all. Our sin. So what do you do with that? You repent. I repent. Then what? Tell your brokenness to go, right? Tell your brokenness, hey, I'm in a connection with God and you don't have any place here, right? So that's the sign I chose. It was a little of a stretch, but it's like, hey, we're, it's me and God here and this brokenness, it's covered by the blood of Christ, right? So hopefully signs help you, four signs. Maybe you're sitting there, I don't know, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I never preached this passage because I was like, man, I don't have any of those signs. Aren't these supposed to accompany believers? I believe. So why, why are we not seeing these things? I would submit to you we're not seeing these things because we're playing church. We're playing nice. Jesus went into the temple. I am going too long. Jesus went into the temple. And when he walked into the temple, do you know what happened? A demon-possessed man in the church shrieked, I know who you are. Does that happen in our churches? No. That's because there's no demon-possessed people. Really? I submit to you it's because Jesus didn't walk in. Because if Jesus walked in today, there'd be some shrieking. That's a hard word. But I'm telling you, I am done playing church. I want to see the power of Almighty God right here, right now. So flip over to James chapter 5. We're reading this today. James chapter 5. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to read verses 13 through the end, 20. Verses 13 through 20, and then we're going to practice. Faith in practice. Personal prayer, releasing power. Personal praise, releasing power. Personal repentance, releasing power. You're going to choose one of these. It's going to be based on where you're at. If you're suffering, it's prayer. If you're cheerful, it's praise, right? And if you're sick, it's repentance, right? God, I'm broken. I don't know why you're leaving me in this broken state, but I've asked, and I'm asking again today, heal me of this brokenness for your glory. And if this brokenness brings you glory, then I'm going to suffer, right, through this brokenness until the day you take me home. And that will be glory. All right, here it is. Is anyone among you suffering? Yep. 
Let him pray. Okay. Is anyone cheerful? Yeah, it's 10-year anniversary. I'm cheerful. Let's go. Sing praise. Well, all right, I can break into a few songs right now. Is anyone among you sick? Yes. I think we're probably all sick. We just don't know it. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Because what? Who does the healing? The elders do the healing, right? Isn't that what they do? The elders do the healing? No. Healing in the name of Jesus, right? Jesus heals you. Right. Just be clear. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with like nature like ours. He had a nature like you and me. He was the same dude. Why do we look at the Old Testament prophets and say, well, they were superhuman? How? Faith? You can have the same superhuman power they had right now today. Go into the phone booth, put on your faith cape, and come on out with your big whatever S on your chest, and let's go. Like, I don't know what we're hanging around for, twiddling our thumbs when somebody's getting ripped off down the street. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it didn't rain on the earth. What? But he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain. And the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders away from the truth. You ever done that? Yeah, I have too. Someone, and someone brings him back. Who's that someone? Hmm. Someone's Jesus. Just, Just get it clear. He might use you or you or you to do it, but that someone's Jesus. Someone brings him back. Let him know that, whether, that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death. Who saves your soul from death? Jesus. So unless Christ is in me, unless I'm full of the Holy Spirit, there's no way I'm bringing you back. Let's just get it straight. And he will cover a multitude of sins. So today I'm going to encourage you to say, Jesus forgives you to someone. They're going to confess their sin. Jesus forgives you. I want you to say that to them. And it's not you saying it. It's Christ in you saying it. And we know it's true. Because the blood of Jesus Christ washes over anyone who would repent. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to practice. So I want everybody to stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up. If you can, if you're able, stand up. And here's the deal. If you're suffering, pray. All right? If you're cheerful, Sing praise. I don't know how you're going to do that, but go ahead and just sing, sing a song. All right, a chorus or something. All right, if you're sick, turn to somebody and say, hey, could I just confess a few things, right? So 
I just thought about this, and I was like, we're all sick. We all have a sin issue. If you didn't sin this week, good for you. I'd like to get to know you better. But if you sin this week, you have something to confess. And you have people around you that love you, aren't going to condemn you, and they're going to say to you, Jesus forgives you, and you're going to walk out of here a lot lighter. We want holiness in this church. We want the filling of the Holy Spirit in this church. And the blood of Jesus Christ washes us clean. So let's remind each other of that, okay? That's how we're going to participate today. If we have time at the end, we'll do a little bit more. But that's how we're going to participate. So first, get with somebody. Probably not your husband or wife, unless it has to be, right? Get with somebody and just tell them, here's what I struggled with this week. I'm repenting of it. And then they're going to say, there's the only thing they're going to say. They're not going to fix your problem. They're not going to give you 12 steps. They're not going to give you anything but Jesus forgives you. All right? And then we move on. We clear? All right. All the introverts are like, I'm squirming. All the extroverts are like, what's the problem? All right? So, but it's going to be okay. Because we have the power of God in us. And we all do it inside of the personality God's given us. All right? So inside of your personality, turn your dial up as much as you can. That's how we move forward in power.